Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast. Our goal is to create a safe space for conversation, like like talking talking to your your best friends. Friends that have your back, that are encouraging, and that challenge you to not only improve your life, but yourself. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast. I am Madison. I'm Priscilla. And we are so excited and happy that you are here listening to us on our podcast. Um, Today's conversation is uh, basically we're talking about exactly, hold on, I'm not wording that right. No, it's good. I think we're just like a continuation of the conversation that we had last week. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to let Priscilla lead this one. Okay. Well, (laughs) first I'm laughing at myself because I was like, I'm not saying that right. Can you cut that? <laughs> it's like, all good. It's all good. Yeah, I'm going to let Priscilla take the lead and um, we're going to get started. All right. Um, I guess maybe we'll start with like a little recap. Um, as of this recording, um, tomorrow we release um the episode that I'm kind of nervous to release into the world, which is the beginning of me just sharing, I guess, like our podcast has a worldwide audience. Um, So part of that is scary. Um, But like, not even that, um, because that's not, um, that doesn't even bother me as much as maybe like, Mm-hmm. Um, my mother or my mother's family and like I just hope that there's no backlash um, but I imagine there might be some and it just is what it is and um, I guess that that says more about them than me you know and they can probably say the same they can probably say the same about me you know not everyone's going to like me sharing my story um, and it is what it is. And, um, I certainly have, um, some nerves in regard to sharing this as I continue to get older, um, and not me personally, but my story, um, Mm -hmm. as it continues to get older, it becomes in a sense more complex Mm -hmm. because children become middle schoolers, become teenagers. Um, and my ultimate, hope um in sharing this um is that I can share my experience um in the least invasive way for my siblings um because I don't want to share um I guess I have the right or um the desire to share my story um and for me, that can actually be partially healing. Yes. Um, but not everyone's going to be that way. Um, and I want to respect their privacy as much as I can. Um, and I, in a sense, wish I could do that for my mother. But there's, um, and certainly my father, especially. But, like, there's in a certain way that I can't because those are two really defining roles in my life. And there's no way for me to talk about what I went through without talking about them and they're adults. So, um, but 
I'm going to attempt to say anything that I can um, going forward, not um, in a way that I wish to be like, if it feels like I'm being evasive, like I try to be as open a book as I can. Um, and, um, but I'm also not trying to share my story. Um, this is another thing, like, I'm not an open book so that you can judge if what happened to me happened to me or not. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not the purpose. You don't hear my story and Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, I heard this or I heard that. And I think Priscilla's lying or whatever, like, if you want to go ahead. <laughs> um, but I love, you, I love that you brought that up because I feel like, you know, there's people who do that and it's not their place to do that. You know, my mother has 10 siblings. I have a lot of cousins who I am not close to. I have a lot of cousins, aunts and uncles who were not really a part of my life. Um, but Um, when things went down, felt that they had the right to come to my mother's defense. Um, And that's fine. You do you. You want to be in your definition of loving loving sibling. That's fine. Um, In fact, it's good that um, my mother has support, but I will not um, be told that what happened to me did not happen. And I will not be told that... um, (laughs) multiple things I could go on but um ultimately if you're there for my mother that's fine um but then it's not your place to be in my life like because it's just it's the way my mother is you have to pick sides and um I just want um I I guess like to go back to what I was saying um I'm not sharing my story so anyone can decide if what I'm saying is true or not. Um, And I don't owe anyone, especially when I'm trying to protect, I guess, like my own siblings rights to their stories. Um, I don't owe anyone an explanation in the world if they feel that I'm being, and that's what I'm kind of saying, like respectfully, if you ask me a question, Madison, you're welcome to ask me anything. But if I say, I can't say something because I feel like that would infringe on one of my siblings, like that's my right. And it doesn't make my story any less. Absolutely. I love that you you brought that up. And I just, I guess I want to kind of say that because maybe not so much in this episode, but like in some episodes going forward, um, that might, um, be an area where I have pause and have to think about how I respond to things. Um, yeah. And I, I guess that's just kind of where I'm at. I, I think I had a lot of feelings after finishing recording last week's podcast of just in regards to, oh boy, like we're really doing this. Um, like I'm really sharing this, um, not in the safety of a therapist or a pastor um, or close mm-hmm. friends, but like literally anyone. Yeah. So right. that's a weird step. Um, but my hope in my hope in this is not that someone can judge whether what happened to me was true or not, um, but that someone who's going through something similar um, can identify with what's happening and know that there's hope and that you don't have to feel 
um, this way forever. Um, so my next question for you, piggybacking in words of a teacher, piggybacking onto what you just said, have people now that, you know, this is something that I don't really know if you're talking about it on the outside of things, but like have people, family members came to you and directly said stuff to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, has, has this happened recently or has this happened? Has this been happening the, the whole entire span of this process and journey for you? I would say as soon as I started speaking out, as soon as I started identifying the things that were wrong, there were people who didn't even know my mother who came to her defense. Um, oh my gosh. Most commonly other mothers, you know, who just couldn't fathom um, it. Even my mother-in-law, um, who I do love, but um, it bothered me. Um, it was judged um, as a character flaw, I think, in me um, that I would speak. That's the overwhelming result from the majority of women who are mothers um, in me speaking about maternal abuse is that um, it just devastates them. They can't fathom it. Um, so they are quick to rush to my mother's aid. Um, they've never met my mother, um, but they will say things like she was doing the best she could. Um, at least she gave you a Christian education, which is the only thing that I can thank my mother for. And to be perfectly frank, um, I basically homeschooled myself. Um, but not initially, of course, as a child, you can't teach yourself like the ABCs and stuff. Um, but as things got further and further, um, it was just highly conflict um there was a lot of conflict um and I just did a lot of stuff on my own um and so they would rush to the defense of that I had it happen this year um I invited someone into my home um who I knew from a church where I grew up um and I had a conversation um and I decided, like, this happened to me before, but it had been a while since it had happened. So it always kind of hits weird. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation where she asked about my parents. And I said, look, they're separated now. Um, and she asked if I still have contact with my mother. And I said, no, I don't. Um, and I said, as nicely as I could, um, that um, I really didn't want to have contact with my mother. I had no desire to, there were a lot of things that happened that I, you know, without going in depth too much. Um, but the response immediately was textbook and like that I had heard before, mostly prior to as a teenager, um, and not in my own home. Um, but anytime that I'm vulnerable with a woman, around my mother's age around it if they don't have experience themselves with abuse mm -hmm. um which I think that's so wonderful for them um 
but people should really be more guarded in what they say. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so wonderful that you live in a world where you think a mother would not do this to her children. Like, that's wonderful. You didn't experience it. Um, yes. Your children didn't experience it. I am so happy that people like that exist. But um, it was immediately, well, your mother did the best she could. Well, your mother gave you a Christian education. She wanted to prevent you from bad influences. Like, those are the immediate things that they so, go to. Somebody says that to you. It's almost like they're invalidating your story. It's almost like, you know, they don't see it as something that truly affected you. Um, they don't see it as an issue at all. And so when somebody says some comment to you like that what do you say back like what is because I can only imagine how that would make me feel if somebody took one of my stories that um is a part of my journey and was like you you know it wasn't that serious or it was you know whatever like I just that's so invalidating that's so hurtful I just am so curious to know how you deal with that I think I realize the conversation is over. Um, so um, I will eventually, like, I will be like, yeah. Um, uh, the one thing I can often agree on to, like, kind of get them off my back is, so, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I do have a good education. Uh, and I can just kind of leave it at that. And I think that gives them a feeling of relief and that they feel their story or their way of looking at it they don't feel as bad and they don't have to deal with, I think it changes your worldview. If you have to think about um, abuse in like subtle ways, um, I think it changes your worldview and we don't like to be challenged. And so um, that's a lot of resistance. So I realize this person is not open or receptive. Um, And so this is not a person that I will be confiding in further. Um, (laughs) that is really hard to, it's really hard to say, um, because it means that in some sense, the only people that I can confide in, um, are people who, and that's, this, this is not true because I know you have a wonderful relationship with your mother. Um, but it's often either women at my age group. Um, or older women who have also experienced some you're form of some abuse. Form of what you're going through. And that, you know, that I, I, I'm also really happy you said that because, you know, I, again, thank you, Lord, for giving me the parents that I've been given, for giving me the childhood I've been given. My mom and dad are awesome. I, I am so thankful uh, for that blessing. Um you know, but it's, I feel like it's important for people to get out of their little box, educate themselves on experiences that other people have. And as a teacher, as somebody who, um, you know, does deal with issues like this all the time, one of my biggest things is, you know what, how can I, when you're talking to me about something that you've gone through, I want to, I want to be educated on it. I want to know 
how I can aid you. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel like their story is, you know, not validated or, you know, if that makes sense. Um, so I, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you like opening up and sharing this, not only just with me, but all of our listeners, um, because it's a really brave thing to do. And just know that I hear you and I totally believe you. And even though there are things I may not totally understand because I didn't go through it myself, um, I am here for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm going to use your mom here. Uh, and yeah. hopefully, um, I think it partially might be a generational thing. Now, I think it's a mother thing. Um, I think becoming a mother makes you, in a sense, less receptive to mm-hmm. hearing about maternal abuse. Um, especially, I think, if you're a good mom, it makes it even harder for you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it would, like, deny so many of the things that you feel inside. But, like, protecting or loving or nurturing is a really good word for mothers. Um if I told my story to your mother, um, if we're having a conversation, um, I don't know her background, but if she doesn't have a background where she's dealt with abuse, she likely would come to defense of my mother. I just feel that it's a very, um, at this point, like initially it shocked me and it hurt me, but like at this point, it's almost like a very natural response. I'm, like, it doesn't hurt me anymore. It doesn't shock me. Um, it did at first um, when I was trying to be heard, understood, and validated. But now I have that. And so, like, when this happens, I'm not really bothered by it. I realize that it's, I guess, in a mm-hmm. sense, they're, like I said, they're very blessed to have that um, worldview where they don't realize these things are going on. Um like that's an extreme blessing. Um, but I think someone like yourself who maybe hasn't gone through it, but also isn't a mother yet, um, can focus more on that empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not necessarily initially relating to my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think a bigger part of it may be generational in, um, stories and dynamics. Like I think we, um, I don't, would you identify as Gen Z? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I would identify as a millennial, although I'm at the very tail end of millennials. I think the world... I don't know if I hit the Gen Z. I think I'm still hanging on to the millennial. It's a very murky water. Yeah, wow. Very murky water. Um, But um, I think there's something about the age of technology, hearing more people's stories. It can mean that when things like what's happening in Afghanistan... Um, can really touch us and hurt us um, because there's just so much and we can get this empathy overwhelm, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also makes us more open to hearing other stories and other sides, mm-hmm. which I think is really important, especially in our very divided world. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, <laughs> that was a little um, philosophical, but like, it's nothing like against the people that have that reaction towards my mother. It's just that they, they're not going to be in my close circle. I know that I cannot confide in them because they will look upon me negatively going forward. 
that's so sad yeah um it is something that um I dealt with with my mother-in-law um they knew initially when I started dating Raymond that things were not perfect no family is perfect um so they knew that there was something kind of off there um but as I shared some things with Raymond as Raymond experienced what it was like to be in contact um with my family um that opened some conversations that otherwise I didn't wouldn't have expected to have with my um in-laws or at the time they were my future in-laws um but it recently happened even when I was married. Um, but the conversation went like, um, my mother-in-law experienced something kind of like very opposite to me. Okay. So like, I can have empathy for that. She experienced a daughter who um, has some mental health issues and just, um, you know, so she, we were both hurting but we were hurting in very similar parallel ways, mm-hmm. but from the opposite role. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. You know, so she, my mother-in-law could not fathom a mother ever doing anything to her daughter. She could only experience the pain from a daughter. And so she um, was quick to come to my mother's defense Um and after my initial time opening up about it in like the family setting of within my in-laws home, I'm just kind of like just stating some very basic things that I felt like shouldn't have been an issue. Um, I was basically shamed and told, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't talk about your mother like this. This isn't a good reflection on you to talk about your mother like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was really hard um, because this was someone who I was going to have in my life going forward. And um, she didn't understand. And she, she actually saw it as a mark against me. Um, That's so sad. And then it happened again. Um, I don't even know how to describe it because it so was like vibe- she, so like she didn't understand why you would talk about your mother like that. Like mm-hmm. that's what was coming from with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as my um, I mean, because as- you're not you're sharing your story. You're not you're talking about. I feel like talking about somebody is different than you know talking about your truth talking about your story Mm -hmm. I think mothers see it differently though I think women who are mothers somehow think of it as like gossip and it's really not they think they see it as malicious they would never want their daughters to say it about them Um, no one wants to I don't want to have this conversation I wish this never happened to me but um so as we got closer to our wedding, um, my mother-in-law realized some of the things. Um, I'm actually really grateful for my mother-in-law because she said 
um, when my husband and me got engaged, um, we actually got engaged on my mom's 50th birthday. Um, I wish we hadn't. Um, <laughs> there was just every other day um, in October was going to be rainy. And um, that was just the day that it worked out. Yeah. He wanted to do it uh, in fall on horseback, you know, and so that was the day we had to do it. Um, and I remember coming back. I like, I didn't, I don't think I even called my mother on her 50th birthday because I was like, I cannot tell her this news. I don't really want to share this news with her. Um, but also I don't want her to feel overshadowed, um, by my news, or I don't want to be guilt tripped for going and getting engaged instead of it being in contact with her when it was just very hurtful like around her and I didn't want to be in contact with her um and so I just had like mixed feelings around that um but I when I we got back to my husband's farm um I said to my mother-in-law you know I don't even think I want my mother at my wedding like that's where I'm at I don't want her at my wedding and my mother-in-law said and she was very wise she said you need to invite her. It's the right thing to do. And even if she doesn't come, um, it's not on your conscience. Mm -hmm. um, or she can't use it against you. It was very wise of my mother-in-law. Um, my parents were still together. So it's basically just an invite to my entire family. Um, so in that way, she was invited, but it didn't have to feel very personal. Um, but as we got closer to the wedding, um, I don't even remember what it was, but my mother-in-law um, recognized like some of the things that were going on. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> I hope she doesn't come. And, you know, at that point I had come to a place of peace, whether my mom came or not. Um, mm -hmm. But I had also told my girlfriends, hey, look, never, ever leave me alone with my mom. Like always be there. Um and so my mom didn't come to my wedding. Um, and that was good for me. Um, yeah. I was at peace because of that. Um, I, um, so she did not show up at all. No. And that was good for me. Um, but kind of, um, I guess if we're going to, and this is kind of like weird because it's not the conversation that I thought we would be having um today but kind of in relation to that um my mother's family went to see her after my wedding um I really debated well, okay so question about that so your yeah. mother did not come mm -hmm. but did her family come to your wedding they did and this is where I feel like and there's so much more that we need to convert because we're basically jumping storylines I feel like sure, there's sure. so much yeah. we need to talk about the teenage years like that we could talk about that but um in relation to my wedding, um, what had happened is my mom had always talked really badly about her family. Mm -hmm. um, she um, talked bad about their drinking, which I recognize, especially in Wisconsin, alcoholism can be an issue. Um, but she just talked badly. She, um, it was just, she never had anything good to say about them. It was always a competition. She was always 
jealous of them or the, but she would really say that they were jealous of her. They were jealous that she got married the soonest or that she was, um, I think it was that she was the first girl to get married in her family or something. Like she had all these stories that she told us. Um, my aunt Karen was trying to buy me. Um, she said, because my aunt Karen bought me some beanie babies. So I had these beanie babies as a kid, but she told me this was when I was young. She told me that my aunt Karen was trying to like buy my love or something from her by like giving me these beanie babies. So my mom used my aunt Karen's name as a slur, a derogatory term to tell me that I was being like Karen um karen was the oldest um so my mom would say karen was a daddy's girl so i was a daddy's girl that was a bad thing um there are a lot of things um and stories that my mom told around her family that basically made them out to be horrible people um now she said the same thing about me and especially as i got older um and I have some things to say about like re-entering the church and re-entering my community at like around 17, 18. Um, and the things I had to do with explaining my parents' absence around that. Um, but I basically had prep in that to like experience similar things um, in that I don't even remember how I reached out to my um, in-laws Um but I got invited to um, a 4th of July party at my Aunt Karen's. Um, it was my grandpa Lender, Leonard's 90th um, birthday, or it would have been, um, I believe. And so I got to meet some of them. And this was before my wedding. And, and you've never met them? I had met my Uncle Troy. Um, I think he was the one who came around the most um, because my dad kind of talked with him around construction. My dad maintained a relationship with that, uh, with him. Um, and my mom was like, he was the one who we saw, I think, the most as things started getting older. I met one of her brothers in brief when we lived in Krakow. Um, I think the last time I saw my aunt Rhoda, well, she said, um, that it had been 11 years um, since my wedding when she had seen my mom. Um, so like there was, you know, um, but their story was that it was my dad who was keeping my mom from them. Um, but there were, I just, I needed to know if the stories were true Um Oh, you know, one of my uncles died and he was an uncle up in Michigan who I had like, um, we had gone to visit him like once and it was when I was young enough to like start forming a childhood memory. So I had like a positive memory of him. So like we went up there, my dad, my mom and me to the funeral and there was a lot of tears from like my mom and me. Um, it was just a very like sad time. Um, I think that might've been how or something that I got added to like the email list for my aunt Karen's party. Um, but it was a very sad time. Um, cause I only had like this one memory of him, but it was a good memory. Um, and he was one of the few people that I had a memory list. Um, and, um, 
So I went to this party really to kind of like meet these people that I didn't know that I should have grown up around. And I wanted to know, I was looking for confirmation. I wanted to know if how you were told they were yeah I wanted to know if my mother's stories were true or I wanted confirmation that um I was not the only one she told these things about um one of the things she said about my aunt Karen is that my aunt Karen was never happy because she got married later, never had any of her own biological children. Um, so she had, um, she had basically like stepdaughters or something. And so my mom who had not seen Karen in years did not care for Karen. Um, and it's shocking because like, it's shocking for me to be around Karen because it's like seeing my mother. Um, they look so similar, um, we had been in JC Penney's here in Green Bay one time when I was like maybe a middle schooler or something. And this woman came up and was like, Karen, she literally thought my mother was Karen. Um, their mannerisms, their physical way of being, it's so, even after years apart, it's something about maybe their mother. Like it's obvious that they're sisters. Um, so it's very weird to me to be um, in her presence, but um Karen was not who my mother said she was. Um, she gushed about her, um, her like baby, basically her grandbaby through her marriage. Um, she gushed about her. She seemed um, genuinely happy. Um, she see, she had was hosting at her place. So I think Karen has, like qualities that even I would aspire to, you know, and that I enjoy hosting things too. And Karen was trying to bring her family together. Um, you know, so that was like a really big glaring thing for me to be like, um, okay. Yeah. I think Karen seems fine. Um, these are stories that my mom is creating about her unhappiness. Karen seems perfectly happy. Um, you know, um, my uncles and stuff, um, were fine. Um, I, I don't think my mom really told me any stories about them. I think most of her like hatred was aimed towards Karen. Um, and so I just need kind of like some confirmation. I needed to see them together. I think it was, um, useful for me to see them together um of course they asked me they were like well why aren't Mike and Charlene here and I was like where have they been the last couple of years I don't know not my responsibility and that was really something that um I had honed from like getting back into my community in Surrey which is just like they haven't been here before it's just me take me or leave me um and so (sighs) Leading up to my wedding, um, I think maybe I felt some pressure um, 
just to have some of my mom's family and my dad's family, or just, you know, Raymond was going to have a bunch of his extended family. And I just felt, you know, like I should invite these people. Yes. I think the big thing was I had met them. If I hadn't met them, I wouldn't have felt obligated to invite them. Um, But because I had met them, I felt like I should invite them. Mm-hmm. So I invited them. Um, Aunt Karen and Aunt Rhoda came to my baby shower. Um, I just had this. I think that's when they first knew something was wrong. Because they asked where my mom was. And at that point, my grandma, who my mother hates, my her mother-in-law, um, hosted the baby shower. So my mother was definitely not going to show up. Um, but... Wait, your baby baby shower? Bridal shower? Did I just say baby shower? (laughs) Baby shower. Babies are on the break. Apparently. (laughs) Bridal shower. Bridal shower. We are good. There are no baby showers happening here. Okay. So your grandma that I've met before hosted your bridal shower. Yep. Mm -hmm. And your mom and and her did not. My mom's sisters came. My mom did not. Um, And seeing my aunt Karen come, which, you know, I don't think they knew anything was wrong. In fact, this is the saddest part about it for me is I think they possibly truly somehow thought that my integration, like me potentially reaching out that like that was somehow going to bring them closer to their sister, Mm -hmm. which I think is like the saddest thing. Like, I think they genuinely want relationship with her. Um, And Like she's pushing them away. Um, And so I felt like this huge letdown. Like I had wished at the bridal shower, I was, I hugged my aunt Karen and Rhoda. And I, when I hugged my aunt Karen, like I almost, she asked about my mom and I like, I don't know if I got misty eyed or like what, but like, I almost cried. Like that was the feeling inside because like, it wasn't my mom. It was my aunt. Um, and um, like they didn't understand how broken it was. And so it was like, it wasn't so much a disappointment for me because it was my reality, but feeling their disappointment that she wasn't there made me feel some level of disappointment. Um, you know, so, and I think that's when they knew things were wrong. Um, but like I said, it was hosted by my grandma. So like maybe, you know, whatever, but then she didn't show up for the wedding. Um, and like I said, um, I would have left them off the invites, but I felt like since I had incorporated them into my life, um, they should get an invite. Um, They came to my wedding and then afterwards they went to visit my mom and my mom, who I'm sorry, but is the biggest spinner of lies. So, okay, (laughs) hold on. So they, oh no. So they came to your wedding Mm -hmm. and then they went to your mom and your mom must have told them something totally different. Oh yeah. Um, First of all, I want to say, I had to plan my wedding structure around my mother in that we lived, the house was five minutes away from where I was getting married. So I knew if I did not have the reception immediately after 
So I had to do pictures after the reception. I knew if we had like a typical wedding, like, oh, they get married in the church and then we have a picture. I knew my in-laws would, or not my in-laws, I knew my aunts and uncles would visit my mother in that space of time. And I was like, shit is going to go down. Like there's going to be a fight or something. So um, I'm not going to have any of that ruin my day. So I was like, I'm going to do my photos after. Um, so we're going to get married. And we're immediately going to go do the reception. There's going to be no um, drama that happens. Um, were the ones that went and visited your mother? They were her siblings. They're her siblings. And sh- did she have contact with these siblings? No, my aunt Rhoda hadn't seen her for 11 years. So why, why would they go and visit her? Like what, just because they were in town? My dad was at the wedding. My dad is very accommodating. I don't know if they spoke with him, um, but also like she had seen my uncle Troy. Um, I don't know what the time span had been there, you know? So I think they just genuinely wanted to see her and like, whatever it is, it is like, I'm not here to try to figure out the why. Um, but my aunt Rhoda told me via Facebook messenger later on, um, what happened is I had started posting and kind of like going back to the initial topic, which is how people react to you telling your abuse story. I had post started posting some things after my wedding, um, in the fall of 2018, I posted my very first video um that basically said how to identify a narcissistic family cult the backlash on that was incredible it was incredible um my dad said some of the most hurtful things um i've ever heard him say towards me um yeah, it was um, at that point, though, that my, um, I believe my Aunt Rhoda came um, into my messenger <laughs> um, <laughs> and she told me that she couldn't believe that I was dragging my mom like this, um, kind of like to say for verbatim. Um, I had tried previously with my mom's second cousin, who I don't know what's up with that lady, but she lives in Appleton. Um, but I had tried previously to like, tell her that like my mom had depression, you know, depression was how I tried to put it lightly. Um, like I wasn't even scratching the surface of what was going on. I didn't think they could take it. Um, and I certainly didn't want to go into it. Um, but like I said, the backlash is always very strong. Um, anyway, my aunt Rhoda said that my mother said that we were, and she put her fingers together, intertwined her fingers, that we were like this that we were so close and she didn't know what happened. So my mom played dumb. She said that she didn't know what happened as if she had not made me her black sheep, the person that she pinned all the bad things on for years. Um, And (laughs) I have so much more that I could say in relation to like- She was invited to your wedding, right? Mom, my mom? Yes. Yeah, she was. She was, she didn't want to go. The thing about it is, and like, in a sense, my um, aunts and uncles kind of forced this on her. My mom knew she'd have to um, play nice. 
my mom doesn't want to play nice and my mom doesn't want to act like she just she just doesn't want to if she can't maintain her you know she wants to have control of the environment and I just I think it would have been too much for my mother to come to my wedding I do um you know I don't know when she would have been in a crowd of that many people um so anyway um and then plus her family on top of it, but then they came to her, which, you know, I'm sure she felt very, you know, on edge. Um, oh, I, I have so many things I could say, um, but like, I just basically at that point, um, it was about another like six months later. My aunt wrote. <laughs> she was just using the messenger again. She didn't use messenger. She wished me a happy birthday. This was in 2019. Um, <laughs> I'm smirking and saying it because I can this already. I couldn't believe it. She um, in 2019. Um, the state stepped in and removed my siblings. Um, and I had a part in that. Um, and <laughs> I hadn't, the, like I said, the backlash on my post in the fall of 2018 was crazy. Um, but um, I'm still kind of like laughing over it in that she posted happy birthday on my Facebook profile. And she said, happy birthday. I hope this year gives you everything that you deserve. And I, she was there for my mother. Um, and I knew she was like wishing me bad karma. Um, and then my yeah, cousin, I my cousin, Jenna, um, who I really only, I think I went to ballet class with when I was like, six or eight I don't remember my cousin Jenna liked it and I was like oh you two are getting removed from my Facebook <laughs> like well you know what it was when people can't but there was a, I mean they don't just remove children out of a household for no reason no you know? no of well, course not I mean <laughs> But um, I could say so much more. Um, Child Protective Services, which is a whole another thing. But like, um, yeah, I, I just, I think the backlash for sharing a story can be like really intense. Um, but at this point, um, you're going to have to like create fake accounts and like harass me. Um, that way because like you're not taking it my friend no and even if you do it that way I'm just gonna laugh yeah you know I am because before we end this podcast tonight I'm I want to say two things the first thing is the post that you shared today was so fantastic it was so moving it was so powerful um I got super teary-eyed reading it and your wording was so great um, so 
I applaud you for sharing that publicly. And now I hear you know that that will totally touch somebody out there. And my second thing that is going to tie into exactly what we talked about after you shared your thoughts on that post, did anybody reach out to you negatively um, and invalidate your feelings? No, they haven't. Um, I think um, I think here's two things. Um, I think the angle of the post, um, in reaching towards having empathy for my mother. Um, and if any of our listeners want to hear it, um, or to read it, it should be, um, tagged under the, at your house, my house podcast on Instagram. Um, and I also tag you Madison, because it's like you and us Mm -hmm. having this conversation is so Mm -hmm. integral, um, to what I'm going through. Um, but I think there's people who have, and I'm so sick of being told that I need to forgive my mother because she was forgiven. And then I had to forgive her for all the shit she did to my siblings. So, um, and I think that there's um, levels of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, you forgive someone multiple times um, and your forgiving is, I think, at least for me to release, um, for me to release forgiveness releases your body, releases you of the toxins of that. Like that is a release. And I know that that's stated a lot of times for, um, and that's like my initial reasoning for forgiveness. And it's very hard to grasp, even from like a biblical perspective, when people are like, or pastors are like, you need to forgive. It is for yourself. I'm like, but like forgiveness is literally like almost also for the other person from like biblical perspective. But like, there is a very, like, in, at least initially healing, you're yeah. forgiving for yourself. You're releasing yeah. that weight in your life. And then um, recently, um, and I would say, um, prior to what happened to my siblings. Um, so maybe in the last five years, um, there's been a layer of forgiveness that was just like kind of not wishing any harm on my mom for what had happened to me. Like she was never going to be a part of my life, but like just wishing that like her life would be as easy easy as it could be, that she wouldn't cause harm, that harm wouldn't come to her, like just releasing that and saying we really being at peace with us being on our two separate paths um and then I kind of like lost some of that like not for myself but like in regards to what happened to my siblings um and held on to a lot of anger around that um but now that I know that my siblings are safer um there's a new layer where I can just really I was never fully able to release as long as my, I was holding for my sibling's safety um, because I knew that wishing her, and this is not necessarily true. I'm trying to think how to put it. Um, wishing her like ease or like just wishing well for her could 
I, well, for her would not harm my siblings, but in my mind, I was like, if she, it, somehow my siblings are going to be harmed if she has her way or something. Um, and ultimately, like now that I know that my siblings are safe um, and my mom has 50-50 custody of um, the two youngest, um, but like her influences somewhat limited she has to share them with my dad and also um the kids are in public school so um you know um I feel better about them and so now I can just fully have this place of forgiveness and that I wish her the best that she can have for the rest of her life Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I wish that for, um, all of my family. So, um, I'm in a place where I can, um, wish that for her now and not feel that, um, yeah. her, it would be of any harm for my siblings, which it, it wouldn't have been in the beginning, but like, I know it was where just a fear. Um, yes. so, um, what was the initial question? Now I lost my train of thought. Did anyone approach you negatively after you shared your oh yes so um this forgiveness thing is something that is always brought up and I'm like people have no idea the amount of forgiveness that I have gone through to speak the way that I can if it sounds like there's unforgiveness in my voice or in my heart um a check yourself and how you feel about this subject but b maybe there is um but there's so much less than there was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that Priscilla. And so I don't think there's going to be backlash from that post because it was an experience of me having empathy for my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, whether my mother, um, I don't know, like it's very weird for me to have felt that feeling of shame um, mm-hmm. tied to my mother. It was not my feeling. Um because I don't feel shame. Um, I think going back to what we talked about last week about infinitely, or what was the word? Intrinsic value. Was that the word that I used? Possibly. Intrinsic value or intrinsic worth. Like you are made in the image of God. Like you have value as a human being. Um, Like that concept, like um, that I always held to so that I wasn't beaten down by what, she said about me or like you know whether it was comparing me to my aunt Karen or you know whatever like I was she couldn't do that because I knew who I was in God and Mm -hmm. um so I knew that that wasn't my shame so I was very whether it was my mom's or you know when we talk about like generational curses or generational healing um if it was beyond my mom it's like it's mm-hmm. done with me and I feel um so I I cried about it I cried about like how much pain someone must be in to inflict you know, types hard. of things on others and I've known that people have said that to me it's been a very hard time for me to accept that because initially even though I knew my value I felt like there must be something wrong um but I know now that there isn't um, and so I, um, I cried for that. And I think a lot of people, um, will like that, or this is the part 
of healing, this is the part of, I don't know that there'll ever be reconciliation in my story. I could be wrong. God does big things. Um, but I don't anticipate it. Um, and, um, but I think this is the part of healing that people like to hear about. Mm-hmm. Mothers are going back to that. Mothers are okay with hearing about the empathy, I think. So I don't feel like there will be um, a backlash on that per se. Yeah, um, but there might be on other things. Um, yeah. And thank God for the block feature. <laughs> hey, yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. And ending on a bright note, we love the block feature on Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram and all the things. All the things. Oh. Yes, all the things. Um, well, Priscilla, thank you again for being brave, for sharing your story. And like I've said last week, I know it will touch somebody. Yeah, Mid- absolutely. And um, um I have like something vibrant. My phone slipped under my oh. phone. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I am. I don't. I don't think excited is the correct term, but I am um, ready to continue to learn more about your story, and um, just continue to educate myself on that kind of thing so yeah thank you for walking in this with me um and being open to hearing my experience um and just kind of learning about the topic in general all right everybody with that we hope you have a wonderful night day wherever you are afternoon and we look forward to being with you our next podcast Did this resonate with you? Subscribe to our podcast today. Talk Talk soon. soon. So your house next week? Yes, can't wait.